You see, we need a shepherd, but not just any shepherd. If that were the case, then we would have the notion to shepherd ourselves. And indeed, I have attempted that at times in my life without recognizing it. God has been patient and kind to me while bringing correction. There can be the temptation to want the shepherd without the staff because the word of God brings a correction, of course. But a correction, of course, is necessary at times. Sheep are prone to wander. This is why they need the shepherd. And this is why we are equated to sheep in the word. We are prone to wander off looking for greener pastures. We are prone to wander off onto dangerous paths and to spiritually eat things that could be detrimental and even deadly. And even still, there are other ways that we wander and are prone to leave the God we love. You just heard an excerpt from my latest blog post featured on Love Scribe. Hi there, and welcome to the Love Scribe podcast, where we talk about biblical truths, current topics, and where we grow in loving the Word and loving the one who is the Word, Jesus Christ. I am Dawn Hill, and I am the Love Scribe. saw this short clip where a shepherd was pulling a sheep out of a narrow trench in this trench the sheep was head down and wedged tightly in this trench the shepherd tugged on one of its legs pulling with force when suddenly the sheep popped out and the rescue was successful the sheep quickly got its bearings and took off running next to the trench watching with anticipation you can see the sheep running free and leaping into the air only to watch it dive head down back into the same ditch several feet down away from where it was first pulled out. The sheep did not learn its lesson, and the shepherd would have to retrieve the same sheep in the same manner. I watched this video a few times, and I laughed out loud, seeing what took place with the caption above it. It said, The Good Shepherd, colon, I got you, and then me, colon, and the caption said everything that it should say about us. It's pretty accurate, isn't it? I mean, I could see myself in that sheep as it's running along, and I got myself in a mess. God didn't get me in that mess. I got myself in a ditch, or I got myself in this area. The good shepherd gets me out, and then I go back and probably do the same thing again, or doing something else that causes me to be stuck and to say, I need help, I need help. I'm sure that we can all relate to that. It's in some way or fashion, we can all relate to that. There is a hymn that I heard about a year ago, and it personally left an impression on me. You may have heard of it. It was a hymn that I was not familiar with, and I didn't grow up hearing hymns or listening to hymns. This hymn is called Come Thou Fount. It is a beautiful hymn, focusing on the Lord and our need for Him, while acknowledging why we need Him and the desire to be sanctified by Him, while worshiping Him at the same time. There is one particular part of this hymn bringing personal reflection and my continued need for the Savior, the Good Shepherd. The verse goes like this. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. When hearing that verse, I am reminded of the need for the good shepherd because I am prone to wander. I am prone to be like that sheep I spoke of in the video that gets trapped in the trench head first. As I said before, you and I have been there. We continue as long as we're in this fleshly body. There are going to be moments in our day where there are things that arise, difficulties, even sin, and 
we are going to have to turn to the Good Shepherd when we know Him, when we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We turn to Him. We ask for help. We ask the Holy Spirit to help us, to lead us, to conform us to the image of Christ. And I'll tell you, as a veterinarian, I had limited work with sheep. I worked more with small animals and exotics. But even in vet school, I got to work a little bit with sheep. And sheep are not super intelligent. They can get themselves in trouble. There's a reason why they need a shepherd. Trying to handle sheep can be difficult at times. And they can get on their backs and they can't get off their backs. And that can be fatal if they can't get off their backs. And so there's a lot of things that sheep are in need of because they can be defenseless. They need someone, uh, even sheepdogs, to protect them, to keep them in order, but also to protect them from any predators. When I think of the, the picture that the Bible paints about sheep and equates it to us, it's very fitting because we are like sheep and we are in need of guidance and instruction. And it leads me to think about, too, about the Word of God. When I think about the Word of God in the sense of Jesus being the Good Shepherd, I think of it being the staff, the the staff that pulls the sheep back from danger. It keeps the sheep on the right course, so to speak. For us spiritually, it keeps us on the right course. It keeps us going in the way of truth. John chapter 10 is a very well-known chapter that we know in Scripture that Jesus talks a lot about sheep. So we'll look at that a little bit. And we'll keep talking more about how at times we can get stuck, we can get in uh, trouble, or we can get to where we are helpless and we are in need of the shepherd and see how we're equated to sheep here. John chapter 10 even tells us the the, vast majority of the first part of the passage, you could actually title it, I am the good shepherd. Jesus is saying, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way. That man is a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now, what is interesting is um, if you've seen videos of this or know things about sheep and the sheep folds and shepherds, naturally speaking, in the world, you'll find that, for example, if two different shepherds are talking together and conversing, and their sheep begin to intermingle, some people would think, well, why would they do that? How could they tell their sheep apart? But when the two shepherds are parting ways, they will call to their sheep, and the sheep will know the voice of that shepherd, and they will follow that shepherd. And so it's no different here. Jesus is applying some of the things even in the time that he lived in, and he's naturally applying them so that way the people would understand them. And so the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So the same thing with the worldly shepherd, how they lead their sheep, is the same way that Christ leads his sheep. This is not a mystical thing of trying to hear the voice of God. Rather, this is talking about the analogy of using the shepherd and the sheep in the world to God, his own sheep, hearing his voice through the truth, because Jesus is the word. And the word is also, like I said, when I think about it as an analogy, I think of it as, as a sheep in the sense it's a staff. It, it keep, pulls us back and keeps us protected, and it keeps us on the right course, and it's used by the Lord when he sees us that we're going off track and we are his sheep. 
in verse 4. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Because he was in the context, when you read chapter 9, John 9, which is so important that you read scripture in context. I can't express that enough to you. And as someone who's had a a personal experience with that, and I know I'm not the only one. um, When you don't read scripture in context, you are going to start believing things that aren't true. And it's going to lead you astray. So we have to understand scripture in the proper context. And so in order to understand that for John 10, you must read John 9 and see, well, who's he talking to? Well, he's talking to those that were questioning him because he had healed the man who was blind from birth. And they were upset with the blind man because he was basically telling them and and questioning them and they didn't like that. And then he was helping them to understand who his true sheep were. So he's talking to unbelievers. So this is why it says in verse six, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them because he was speaking to the Pharisees and he was speaking to those that were not going to believe in him, that they were trusting in their own ways. They were trusting in their own understanding and they were also trusting in their own oral traditions that they were passing on to people and putting burdens on people that they could not fulfill and they could not live up to in addition to the law. So Jesus, in verse 7, Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Now this is one of the I am's that you'll see in the gospel according to John. I believe there's seven I am's that Jesus refers to himself as, and this is one of them. He says, I am the door of the sheep. All who come came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to kill and steal and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Now this verse seems to be applying to the Gentiles, which is you and I, if we are not of Jewish descent. He's talking about the sheepfold of Israel for one, and then he goes on to talk about in verse 16 that he has other sheep that are not of this fold. So this is another revealing of the mystery of God, which is of the Gentiles coming to be followers and believers in Jesus Christ. Verse 17, for this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So then at the time of the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem, it was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly, which he has told them plainly. Right. So but we know that scripture tells us there would be those that would that their hearts would be hardened, that they would they would see but not understand, that they would hear 
but they would not perceive. So this is given to us in scripture. We know that there are going to be those that they're not going to understand. They're not going to receive Christ. They're not going to perceive correctly. But Jesus still shares this anyway, and they're asking. So he says to them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe because you are not part of my flock. Now, those are some pretty powerful words right there and pretty strong words. I don't know if if you caught that, but let me read that one more time. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not part of my flock. So Jesus is explaining to them who he is. They're not receiving him. And he's plainly telling them that you're not part of my flock. That's the reason why you're not listening. That's the reason why you're not understanding, because you're not part of my flock. One of the one of the many sobering and scary passages that we can read that it seems subtle, but it is it's rather sobering when you hear him say this because you hear him in Matthew 7 when he says that there in the last day there will be those that come to him and say, Lord, Lord, did we not do all these things in your name? And, and he says, depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity and lawlessness. And verse 27, I've mentioned this before in my blog post, in several podcasts in times past and things I've written This particular verse right here, this is what I call my one degree verse. I thought of when I was writing the other day because this was one of those verses that it was a one degree verse. And I use it and I call it a one degree verse because I read something a while back that talked about a ship. And I know, but we're supposed to be talking about sheep. You missed, you got the vowels wrong, right? It's, we're talking about sheep, not ship, not a ship, right? No, I want to talk about a a ship for just a minute. So a ship has a certain course that it's supposed to track, right? And it's given, I don't understand anything about navigation with nautical navigation or anything like that. So just bear with me. But a ship, I almost said a sheep, a ship is given a certain course to their destination. And if that course is off by even one degree and it's a long distance, then it can potentially take them thousands of miles away from their original destination. Well, this one degree verse here, it was going to take me in a direction that was away, and it continues to, away from some of the things that I once thought were true because I had misappropriated scripture myself or misunderstood it when it was taught. That's just one example. This one degree verse was going to change the course of things for me to help me understand scripture better, to help to understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. That one degree verse is taking me on a long journey in this world as a believer in Christ. And it's, it has changed the course of the direction in a way. It says verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Now, let's stop right here for a second. When you look at this in context in, cha- in John chapter 10, and you look at verse 27 here, you're going to see something. What follows is, of course, verse 28. And verse 28 says, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Verse 28 follows verse 27, of course. We know that the chapters and verses are not divinely inspired, so we don't want to get caught up in that. That's that's another uh, topic for another day, as I've said before about some other things. But verse 27 is actually a salvation passage because he's talking about that he gives his sheep eternal life and that they will never perish, that no one can snatch them out of his hand. And that they, no one can snatch them out of the Father's hand because he and the Father are one. So he's equating himself with God. 
because he is. He's the second person of the Trinity. All God, all man, sinless, nothing in him that can be found that is grieving to God or is sinful in any way that is defiling or impure. He is the son of God. He's the son of man. He is all God, all man, and he is the second person of the Trinity. So his sheep hear his voice and they know him and they follow him. Now, we could probably understand this in a couple of different ways. For one, the time frame that he's speaking in, he's speaking to them at this time in his earthly ministry to the people there as he's going. And those that hear him, he to him, to them, he is the good shepherd. They are his sheep. When they hear him, they follow him. When we see today, we read in the word of God, we see in Hebrews chapter one, verse one. Let me turn there real quickly and read that to you. This says, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Today, when we hear the word of God, when we hear it in the proper context, when we hear it being ministered to us in the corporate gathering, and we hear it being ministered to us in our private time when we're reading the word and we're studying the word of God, we're hearing essentially the voice of God speaking to us. We're hearing the shepherd speak to us. They, we know his voice and we follow him. When we hear the gospel being, when we hear the gospel being ministered, in corporate gatherings, when we hear the gospel being ministered, when we're reading the Bible out loud, because the gospel is within the pages of scripture as well, and it's ministering to all of us, when we are ministering to someone else, the gospel, we're, we're ministering to them, and it's God who pricks their hearts and, and pricks their consciences, and he's the one that opens their ears to hear and to perceive and to understand and to call them to himself. That's what that means when you hear the voice of the of God. It again, it's not some mystical thing of trying to hear his voice, trying to struggle to hear his voice because I can tell you right now, if God wanted to speak to us audibly today or he wanted to which he did in biblical times and they didn't have any problem hearing the voice of God because God is God. I don't know if we've realized this a lot of times and this as a side note and I think about this quite often because of the things that I was part of. We think about, well, I just need to sit and be sure to hear the voice of God properly. Well, you have scripture for one thing. You have the word of God. Do you doubt that this is God speaking through this? Because it says even in Second Peter 1 that this is in spot, This was written by men that were carried along by the Holy Spirit. It is the more sure word. And so... We, we have to realize that, that there may be things that we think we understand or perceive, but when we take it back to scripture or take it back to verses that we've learned, there may need to be some unlearning that, that needs to be done. And as a sheep, we need to be willing to do that. We need to be willing to evaluate our walk with God and make sure that it's aligning with the word, which is our standard of truth. That's what we go back to. So I'll stop there with reading this, but we can see here, it's very important that we stay in the word daily and that we understand it and that we're reading things in context. So that way we can glorify God for first and foremost, because if we're not understanding the word properly, we're not, we're not glorifying God when we share it with others and we're taking it out of context. And secondly, we are able to understand the word properly so that way it, it acts as a staff in our lives, so to speak, because Jesus is the good shepherd and the word is being used as a staff to keep us on the right course, the proper course, the proper direction. And so 
John 10, 27 is, is a particular passage for me that is very near and dear to my heart because that passage was used. It was misappropriated scripture at the time when I heard it, but God still used that because it was his word. And I was able to understand, wait a minute, this isn't being ministered the right way. Let me go back and see what his word says and understand it in the right context. And that particular passage was one of the things that began to wake me up and to get me on the proper course. That was a one degree verse and God continues to use his passages of scripture and speak to me through those passages of scripture when I read them and understand them properly. And they're used as a staff in my life and walk as a believer in Jesus Christ to keep me on the right path and to understand the truth. So as I said, I thought about that uh, video. I mentioned the video in the beginning and I'm reminded, uh, ever reminded daily of the need for the Good Shepherd because I myself am prone to wander. And I am prone to be like that sheep that I spoke of that, that gets trapped in the trench head first. And it's not because of anything that God did. It's because of me having still, there's this nature in me that is not completely glorified yet in this world. And I need him. And that's why the scripture tells us, why would Jesus compare himself to a shepherd and us to sheep if we didn't continuously need his help and his guidance and his instruction through the word, through the leading of the Holy Spirit? Why would we be equated to that? We could easily be equated to something else that would already be in its glorified state. Whereas if you have any understanding of sheep whatsoever, you are painfully aware that they do absolutely need guidance and they need boundaries and they need instruction, so to speak. They need to keep them in line and to keep them together and to not see them veer off onto a dangerous and deadly course. I don't know if you know about this story. There was a, a story several years ago that the BBC shared And I came across it, this sheep, I believe it was in a place in Turkey, there was this sheep that, one sheep now, in this flocks, I believe there were a couple of different flocks that were together. The shepherds were off eating breakfast, and they weren't tending to their sheep, and taking, they were taking a little break. And one sheep began to wander off, and they started to notice that this was happening. They noticed that this was happening, and what happened when that one sheep began to wander off? the other sheep began to follow it. And what happened was, is this one sheep led them off a cliff. Literally. I mean, you can look up this story online. They led the the sheep, led the other sheep off a cliff. And it ended up, I believe that several hundred sheep died before the others that jumped off were using the dead sheep's bodies basically to cushion their fall so that way they didn't die. So there were so many that survived that probably were in, just injured, but there were hundreds uh, that were that died because of this one sheep wandering off, not having the proper boundaries, not having the proper not having the staff to pull them back, not having the shepherd there. There's a reason why we are compared to sheep and Jesus is the good shepherd. And why the word is like his staff that is correcting us, that it is instructing us, that we can, without a doubt, read the Bible and say, this is God speaking and I need to take note of it and I need to pay attention to what he's saying because this instruction in here is helping me to know how to walk in the right way and the right manner to glorify God. And also it's giving boundaries to protect me. It's giving boundaries to for a reason. But you and I both can relate to that sheep that we saw in that video, that were stuck head first, 
and God, you know, we're praying, we're, we're, ple- we're asking God, you know, I need help, please help me. And God helps us in that time that we're stuck, <laughs> that we're wedged in, and an analogy of being wedged in somewhere and helping us only to get us out. And then we may have forgotten the goodness of God. We forget how he protects us and how he gives us certain boundaries and that we're not supposed to be doing certain things, that there's a reason why that that he tells us to walk by the spirit and not by the flesh. And, you know, we can, again, read many different areas in scripture to help us and to guide us and to instruct us only to find ourselves probably like 10 feet down from where we, we first went head first and we jump back into something again. And then we're in need again. I thank the Lord that we have uh, the good shepherd. We have Jesus Christ, our Lord and savior. We are prone to wander off looking for greener pastures. We are prone to wander off onto dangerous paths and to spiritually eat things that could be detrimental and even deadly. There are certain plants in this world that are toxic. Some of them are toxic to sheep. They can be deadly. Same goes with some of the stuff that, you know, if we're not if we're not listening to what the Word of God says, we could be walking in deception. We could be listening to something that sounds really good, and it's not rooted in the truth of the Word. And sometimes we think, well, you know, they mentioned a few scriptures You know, it sounds pretty legit to me, but then we don't go back and study the word to make sure that what we're being taught is the truth. And then we're stuck. We're stuck in another way. We're stuck in this trench that, you know, that we've created or that we've put ourselves in because of listening to things that we shouldn't have and and not be doing our due diligence as believers in Christ. Even still, there are other ways that we wander and are prone to leave the God we love. We wander away at times by not trusting his ways. How many of you can say can say that? I can say that. And it's not that I had this mindset of, oh God, I don't trust you. But we can have that in us and not realize it. That we, it's almost, a sen- it is a sense of rebellion. We, we see what God says in his word about certain things, about sins, about what he loves and what he hates. And we can look at those things and go, well, that seems rather harsh. I don't know if I believe that or not. But we're not God. And there's a reason why he has these these things in his word written. There's a there's a perfect reason for them, a divine reason for them. And we need to take note of them and not wander off, but from trusting him in different things. We wander into worry rather than casting our cares upon him. I've done the same thing. You could probably say the same thing. We've all done that. Essentially, worry is a sin because it's it's ultimately not trusting God. It's trusting in the, the circumstances or the situations or trusting or, you know, not trusting God that whatever happens, that he works all things for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. We have to understand as his sheep that we can wander into worry and instead we should be casting our cares upon him. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have cares in this life. It doesn't mean that we're going to go through life and that we should not acknowledge problems and that we should just ignore them or say that we don't have them when we do because that's lying for one thing and it's it's not acknowledging the facts. It's not acknowledging the truth that's going on there. When we're faced in a, in a trial, in a hard, uh, difficult circumstance, we are to go to God in prayer and to ask him and to seek him and to cast our cares upon him and just to, to be honest in prayer and just say, God, I'm feeling weak. I'm weak right now. I am worrying. Forgive me, God. I repent for worrying. Help me to trust you. Help me to go back to your word. Use this situation to sanctify me, to draw me closer to you. 
to conform me to your image. However you want to use this for your glory, God, I ask that you use it. And still, it's okay, guys. It's still okay in prayer to ask God to heal. It's okay to ask God to do something miraculous. It's okay to ask for these things. It's okay to go to God. We are to go to the Lord in prayer and to seek him and to make our petitions known and then trust him and rest in his peace. And that's what we are instructed to do. And we trust his ways and we don't continue on into worry and trying to take matters in our own hands. And like I said, I can relate to that. I thank God for his mercy and his grace and his goodness and his kindness and his love that helps us to come back to his ways and to just cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. Yes, we desperately need the good shepherd. We need Jesus Christ. Isaiah 53 verse 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We are reminded in the word of our need for Christ and for forgiveness, guidance, mercy, grace, and love. Without him, we are dead and lost. With him, we are alive and found. And I praise the Lord Jesus Christ for calling out through his word, and the Father drew me to Jesus Christ softened my heart and gave me a heart of flesh for a heart of stone and that he calls me his own he calls me his sheep and I thank him for correcting me with his word his his staff and I thank him for uh, just the love and the mercy and grace that he shows me every single day and I'm sure that you feel the same way be blessed today thank you for joining me on this podcast if you would like to connect with me you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at lovesickscribe And if you enjoy reading, feel free to hop on over to lovesickscribe.com and subscribe to my blog. I've enjoyed being with you today, and I look forward to our next time together as we talk about biblical truths, current topics, and we continue to grow together in loving the Word and loving the one who is the Word, Jesus Christ. Blessings to you.